Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, guys. I'm Courtney. And I'm Lisa. And welcome to the next chapter in the Book of the Dead. Hi guys, welcome back. I have a rough one for you. She always has a rough one for us, but I do thank you for joining us and not making me go down this rabbit hole all by myself. Well, this this one's um, particularly rough. Okay, we don't have to do this one. I have an emotional support dog with me. <sighs> she does, but I don't. You can pet her. I'm gonna need therapy after this one, I'm thinking. One of the true crime shows that I've watched in the past is a series called Twisted Sisters on Investigation Discovery. I've seen, like, every episode, and they made a spinoff called Twisted Love, and I watched that as well. So as you can gather, the show centers around, like, a specific subject matter. Twisted Sisters is a show that features cases about sisters that either commit murder together or sisters kill the other. And Twisted Love is the same concept, but it involves... Couples. So one of the cases on Twisted Love is called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. It's actually the first episode of season one, and this case has stuck with me. I watched it a couple of years ago, and in fact, it's the only case where I remember, like, every detail. I remember exactly what happened. So I'm going to tell you about this case. I will say this case does deal with the death of a child and violence. Okay, you lost me right there. Sorry, but you lost me right there. Don't touch the babies. It, it, it's the rule. There is a, It may not be a rule that is written down, but it is an unwritten rule. You don't touch the children. You just don't do it. You don't touch anybody, but you don't especially touch the children. Why are you going to do this? Just, I, I think it's, it's a case that not a lot of people cover. So, um, as I said, it deals with the death of a child and violence against children. So there's a pretty heavy trigger warning for that. To preface this case, I'm going to read a quote from the episode by John Mannion, who was the commanding officer for the major crimes unit of the Connecticut State Police in 1998 when this case, when this murder occurred. And he said, quote, this case was gut-wrenching and it left everyone in the unit, the police department, and I'm assuming everyone in the community devastated and distraught. It's the viciousness that took us down some dark paths and some dark days. I don't know anything about this case, and I'm already triggered. I, I did say it came the trigger warning. But then why are you making me do this one? Because not a lot of people cover this case, and I think it's important to, to, to talk about it. No, the person that touched the child is a maggot. That's like, done. Wait, th- th- that's the whole gist of it. They hurt a child. You hurt a child, you're a maggot. It's, it, that's just the way it goes. You may want to be, you're, you're a special kind of maggot, but you're a maggot nonetheless. That's that's true. We're going to jump right in. Um, this is the murder of Jarrell Kyler. This took place in Windsor, Connecticut, and we're going to we're going to backtrack. You know, the case took place in 1988, but we're going to backtrack to 1985. Now, in 1985, Tammy Kyler attends college at the University of St. Joseph in Hartford studying psychology. And she and her friend Annette Keaton had gone to a club. Now, while she was there, she met a a man named Arnold Kyler. Obviously, 
Tammy Kyler. It's not, that's her married name. You know, they really hit it off. Arnold was studying English at the University of Connecticut, and her cousin Amber Riley said that they were very happy together. Antoinette said after they moved in together that Tammy was ready for love and marriage, but Arnold seemed to struggle. Allegedly, he was unfaithful early in the relationship. But, you know, he had a motorcycle, his own apartment. He was really cool. So I think, you know, in college, you know, you you make some not the wisest decisions when it comes to relationships. So, you know, he, he wasn't a bad person in the sense he wasn't violent or anything like that. He just, he, he wanted to play the field. <laughs> so he wasn't exactly ready for our relationship. According to the cinemaholic.com, Tammy and Arnold Kyler got married sometime in the late 1980s, I believe in 1989, after Tammy had found out that she was pregnant. And Tammy comes from a religious family and, you know, she found out she was pregnant. She's like, look, I, I want to do this the right way. Um, I really want to marry you. You know, we're having a baby together. That's it. So, you know, they get married. And after they get married, they move from East Hartford, Connecticut to Windsor, Connecticut. On October 26th, 1990, they welcome a baby boy they named Jarrell. After Jarrell's birth, Tammy got really involved in her faith. She was a Jehovah's Witness, and a few members of her family were as well, including her Aunt Joyce and Tammy's cousin, Chastity West. Now, Chastity was described as really creative. She wrote stories and poems, and she was described as a protector. In 1992, Tammy asks Chastity to start babysitting Jarrell because she and Arnold are both working full-time. Now, Both Tammy and Arnold worked, obviously. She is a social worker in Connecticut, and he's a banker. So they often called Chastity, who was 21 at the time, to babysit for their child. According to family, she was a big, big help, helping Tammy clean and cook. But according to Twisted Love, Antoinette said that Chastity had taken a pretty big interest in Arnold's being flirty, making suggestive comments, and um, there there's a pretty big gap between them. Chastity was about seven years younger than Tammy, and Arnold was older than Tammy. So there's a bit of a gap besides the fact that Tammy and Arnold are married. Yeah, well, you, you, that, that's a no bueno move. Sorry, yeah, it's just a no bueno move. That's, that's your cousin's husband. Um, right, you don't do that. So according to Antoinette, she, Tammy Arnold, and I'm assuming Jarrell, had gone to a pool party sometime after Tammy either becomes pregnant for the second time or maybe had recently given birth. It was a little fuzzy at Chastity's mother's home at Joyce's house. Now, according to Antoinette, Chastity and Arnold had eyes for literally nobody but each other. Quote, like a teenage couple giggling, laughing. He was picking her up and throwing her in the water. It was bizarre. And Amber Riley, Chastity and uh, Tammy's cousin, said that it was inappropriate, which it is. 100%. That would be my guess, but who am I? It's just my opinion. According to court records, Chastity and Arnold start a relationship soon after the birth of Tammy and Arnold's second child, Lindsay, in July of 1995. It seems as if Tammy had really started to suspect something, though, Um, especially when Arnold had gone out with Chastity and her brother. Although I will say no one knows for sure if he was really there or not. He may have been, he may not have been irrelevant. But Arnold and Chastity didn't get back until like three or four o'clock in the morning. I don't know why they were going out together in the first place. Yeah, it's a little weird that they went out together in the first place. Um, One. Two, even if they did go out together, um, like my you know, my husband and my brother went to a concert together and, you know, I expect them to get kind of, you know, come back a little bit late, but they, they wouldn't come home at one o'clock in the morning. They came home around maybe midnight, which made sense. They went to a concert. Most concerts ended about 11. So I, if they were gone for a couple of hours um, to maybe a concert, I would say, okay, you know, that makes sense. But they went to a club and then didn't come back to like three or four o'clock in the morning. It's a little, a uh, little sus. According to Antoinette, they told Tammy some story of Chastity leaving her license at the club. They had to go back with like 
just this whole story. And Tammy did not believe them. And I will say, like, that summer, the whole family kind of knew something inappropriate was going on and rumors were swirling around, like, Chastity and Arnold seems, you know, seem really close. It's kind of weird. I think they're into each other. You know, that's Chastity's cousin's husband. Like, it, the, it's just the whole family was like, oh, like, all right, um, we don't like this. What are you doing? Well, I can understand why they would be saying that. I'm saying that. Now, Tammy, I think, was really trying to believe she was reading too much into the situation. You know, at this point, you know, this is while she's pregnant and after she's just given birth. You know, I'm sure, you know, she was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe it's a hormone thing. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just more emotional. You know, maybe I'm just, you know, seeing things that aren't really there. Which, like, I, I, I get that. You know, she obviously wants to believe the best in her her cousin, even if, you know, she doesn't necessarily want to believe the best in her husband because he he did do this in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I would be the same way. Like, no, like, even if my husband's been unfaithful in the past, like, my cousin's not going to do this to me. The cousin that they said they were, like, sisters, they trusted each other kind of thing. So, like, I get her being like, no, like, I'm going to I'm gonna look the other way. Like, I really think I'm imagining it. Well, you don't want to believe that of someone. No, of course, especially... Especially your cousin. Exactly. You you don't want to believe that. And I understand that. You don't want to believe the worst in someone. You want to believe the best. 100%. Now, according to the Journal Inquirer, Chastity would still come over to babysit after Lindsay's birth in July of 1995. Chastity, according to that article, said she would bathe Lindsay, do her hair, dress her up, you know, like a little doll. She said, quote, I was in love with Lindsay. Usually everywhere I went, I took La La Lindsay with me. And in regards to Jarrell, Chastity said she would call Tammy to make plans to see him. Like, she, I'm not calling Tammy to see you. Like, Tammy, like, hi, great. How are you? Awesome. Wonderful. Where's Jarrell? I want to, like, play with my cousin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, makes total sense. Like, I am like that with my nephew. I was like that with my cousin when he was a baby. Like, I'm like, I don't really care about you. I want to see the baby kind of thing. And she would take him out to eat. She'd take him swimming to different outings and events in the area, like festivals and parades. She said, I loved Jarrell very much since the first time I laid eyes on him. According to Amber, Chastity and Arnold had gotten very blatant with their feelings for each other. She said that while they were at Tammy and Arnold's home one day, Chastity was outside on the deck. They had a deck right outside their kitchen. You know, it was like the the sliding glass door. Mm-hmm. And Arnold was inside. Now, Chastity was out on the deck holding Lindsay, and she was wearing a bathing suit. They had like a pool. And Lindsay, who was, you know, a baby, kept pulling at Chastity's top. And more than once, Chastity's breasts were exposed. Chastity had been told more than once by different people at this like pool party or little family get together like Arnold is literally in the doorway watching this happen maybe cover yourself up like why are you letting her pull at your top like she's a baby she's gonna try and pull at it why don't you stop her this is inappropriate and she would just she just laughed she kept letting Lindsay pull her top down or up whichever one Now, as a result of this, at some point, Antoinette, again, Tammy's best friend, goes to Chastity and her mother. And she basically says, look, this is inappropriate. Your daughter is 21. She's clearly involved with a married man. Besides the fact that this married man is her cousin's husband and he's in like his 30s. You need to do something. And Joyce absolutely freaked out. It was, how dare you accuse my daughter of this kind of thing? She would never do that. And it really just divided the family. It was kind of like Tammy's side of the family was like, your daughter's doing something really terrible. And Chastity's side of the family was like, how dare you accuse her of anything? She is a good girl. Yada, yada. Which, like, I I get I, I understand, like, obviously you don't want to believe that your child is involved with like, a married man, let alone, you know, your cousin or your niece's husband. Like, I, I get the right. divisiveness. In 1996, things start going even further downhill with the family. Made worse by the fact that Tammy got temporary custody of her nephew, the details of which are irrelevant. Tammy's a social worker. There was some alcoholism. 
where her brother couldn't care for his son properly and she took custody so the baby wouldn't go into the system like the the actual like nitty-gritty details are relevant to the story but Mm -hmm. she has now a third child in her care but it as i said you know it it definitely makes the situation worse because it's putting more strain on the marriage because not only you know do they have two small children that they're taking care of now they have this third child kind of out of the blue that they have to take care of in March of 1996, according to court records, Tammy and Arnold finally divorce. Now, allegedly, according to friends of Tammy's, this is because word had gotten back to Tammy about Arnold's and Chastity getting caught having sex at a party that they had gone to. And Tammy said, enough is enough. I'm done. That would have been my response, but... Yeah, Again, no, 100%. Who am I? Yep. <laughs> totally my opinion, but yeah, that would have been mine. She's 100% right in that situation. Like, I think she gave him more than enough opportunities to get it together. You know, like, I, and I think, again, it was, you know, they have two children. You know, I'm sure she, she really wanted to make the marriage work because oh, of their absolutely. children. And it's like, not only were you, you know, sleeping with my cousin, but you did it in a public setting. So not only did you completely disrespect our marriage you've completely embarrassed me you've completely disrespected me you know in front of other people like what is wrong with you and i like i get it absolutely you 100 tammy deserved to have that reaction now when they get divorced it's essentially like you know what we'll go our separate ways if you're seeing chastity go ahead fine do that but i'm done You know, like, because at the end of the day, like, she can't tell him not to see her cousin. So she was like, you know, if you're going to do She was just done. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do that, fine. Go ahead. Do it. I don't care. But we, like, the marriage is over. Now, I will say, though, that Chastity and Arnold's are still very much keeping their relationship a secret because, you know, Tammy knew that they were, that they had, had sex at least on one occasion, most likely more. But... There was no, like, definitive, yes, we are in a full-blown relationship. For all Tammy knew, it could have just been a sexual thing. Which, either way, is still wrong. But she didn't know if they were completely in a relationship. And it didn't really matter. But they are. Chastity did acknowledge that she knew the relationship was inappropriate and that the family wouldn't approve, whether because of moral or religious beliefs. And Arnold, according to Chastity, didn't want Tammy to really know about their relationship either. According to the Journal Inquirer, Chastity claimed that this was because Arnold worried that Tammy would seek alimony or contest the divorce if they told her about their relationship. Which, I, I mean, I guess is possible. I, I don't know. I I. I've never been divorced, so I, I don't know, but I'm sure adultery, you know, would have a, could have a significant impact on divorce proceedings. I would think so. I, I, that I don't know. Um, normally it's, it's just irreconcilable differences, which is kind of the easiest way just to like get a divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, like it's not working out. Right. They're not getting along Would you know. They just can't get on the same page, that kind of thing. They've grown, you know, in two different directions. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. So now we're going to skip ahead a couple of years to 1998. And by this point, according to Twisted Love, Tammy has begun to move on. She moved to a new home in Windsor in 1997. And this was a big deal because it was like the first home she bought for herself. Jarrell is seven years old and Lindsay is two and Chastity and Arnold are still in their relationship. Now, this is where we kind of get into what happens now that I've, you know, laid the background for the case. According to court documents, as per their divorce agreement, Tammy had primary custody of Jarrell and Lindsay, but Arnold got them every other weekend and two nights during the week. According to those documents, quote, on his scheduled weeknight visits, Arnold's would pick up Jarrell from daycare and Lindsay from the babysitter's home. And this is obviously going from when he's about five years old onwards and take them to Tammy's home where he would care for them until she returned from work. Tammy kept a key to the house in Lindsay's diaper bag with which Arnold's could let himself in on those days. So obviously they have a good enough relationship where she's comfortable with him being in her home. 
you know, you pick up the kids. I have to work late. You get them on these nights, but, you know, you bring them to my house. You spend all the time you want with them, you know, get them ready for bed kind of thing. Give them dinner and I'll, you know, when I come home, then, you know, you go home kind of thing. So it seems like a pretty, you know, amicable arrangement in terms of they're co-parenting correctly they're co-parenting in the right way for the children Mm -hmm. so that mom or dad is there they're tucked into bed by one of the parents okay it it's it's co-parenting i would say in my own estimation that it's one of the better ways there's no fighting between the two of them they are concentrating on their children and making sure that they are growing and thriving and they have the support of both parents exactly so they're they're doing right by their children now according to those same documents chastity was not pleased that arnold spent a lot of time at tammy's home because obviously he's there every week although i'm gonna stress that he was there to take care of of his children. Tammy's not even there because she's working. You know what I mean? I'm sure they saw each other maybe 20 minutes. She came home. You know, how was, you know, Jarrell's day at school? You know, how's Lindsay doing kind of thing? Like, what did I miss? Did the babysitter say anything kind of thing? Like, I'm sure it was maybe a 20 minute interaction. Right. Probably. Just, and, you know, what do you need to know? What do I need to know about the kids? You exactly. know, what's the schedule for tomorrow? If there's a, you know, maybe I don't, I don't know what their son would be doing but maybe there was a you know he played sports or something and there yeah, might be like is there like a t-ball game or, or you know like anything like or that. soccer practice or mm-hmm. uh, any number of exactly it, so i'm sure it was maybe like a 20 30 minute conversation when Heck, it could be from work. it could be swimming you know yeah. maybe there's swimming lessons i don't know but um chastity was so unhappy in fact so threatened by this arrangement that she would follow Arnold to Tammy's home without him knowing and just sit outside in her car. Well, I kind of understand that. The old, No, no, no. I, you're looking at me funny, but think about it. She has an affair with her cousin's husband. So she already knows that he is not, I, I would say... The most faithful guy. The, right. Okay, so... So bear with me on this one, everyone. And that's his ex-wife. Well, no, no, no. Not even that. She is doubting because she was able to steal him from her cousin. She doesn't know if somebody else, and I'm not talking about his ex-wife. It could be the, the, the I don't know, the cashier at a local store. Maybe, you know, so she's... She's worried that she's going to lose this relationship that is already fragile to begin with. No, I understand what you're saying. Because it didn't start in the, I will say, the way a a good relationship should start. Where person A is single, person Mm -hmm. B is single. It it started on the basis of a lie. Yes. So... I'm not saying that she did anything correct in you, any way, you shape, or form. Why she would do that? I understand. I get. Okay, I get that. But I'm just. That. I'm. I'm going. Well, yeah, because she doesn't trust him. Yeah, I. I get that. Okay, I, you're. You're right. You're right. Not that it's a good thing. Not that it's. It's good in any way, shape, or form. Do not get me wrong. I'm just saying. I understand why. Maybe in one respect. That little seed of doubt is planted. The court documents said, quote, she would park her car down the street to make sure that Arnold was not getting too comfortable. She referred to these excursions as missions. Sometimes her teenage cousins, India Riley and Amber Riley, would go with her and she would ask them to describe the inside layout of Tammy's home. She also periodically asked Arnold questions about the location of the rooms in Tammy's house. Tammy, as I said, had purchased the house in August of 1997 after her divorce. But because of the tension between her and Chastity, Tammy never invited the, never invited Chastity into her home. Which I get. If um, my cousin... That's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, if um, my cousin is, you know, actively sleeping with my husband while we're married, um, I'm not letting you in my house either. 
be like, no, like that you burn that bridge. That's I it. wouldn't want you anywhere close to me. Yep. Like, I, if I have to see you at family events, fine, but you can go stay on the other side of the room. I will stay on my side of the room, and that's that's about it. I wouldn't be able to do, even do that. But that's me. I wouldn't even be able to do that. I'd be like, nope, uh, a million miles is far enough yeah. away for you to be for me. Now, during this time, Chastity is 23 years old. She's working as a licensed nurse with the Department of Corrections, and she wants to get married. She is hounding Arnold to marry her and to move away, probably, I'm assuming, because her family would not approve of this marriage. In fact, many family members were very, very vocal about their disapproval, but Arnold, it You know, Arnold says no anyway, so it didn't matter if they disapprove because he's like, I'm not marrying you. According to court documents, Arnold's, quote, told her that he can never, never marry her because she was Tammy's cousin and because of the tension in her family. Which, okay, is fair because they would not have a happy marriage if they got married. Because it, like, I can't even imagine how tense the wedding would be. They would have to probably go to a courthouse. Well, not even that. They... Why would she trust him and why would he trust her? No, absolutely. He doesn't want to marry her. I think he's perfectly fine with their arrangement, which at least in his mind, I think is more, you know, sexually based. And she is like, no, I want to marry you. But he also told her he was never going to move out of state anyway because his children are here. His children are way too important for him to leave them. He's not going to leave. He's not going to go out of state because he would lose, you know, time with his children. It'd be much harder to see his children if he moved out of state. Um, You know, I'm sure he would have to get permission from Tammy. I I don't know how that works. You might be able to explain that. You know, would he have to get permission for the children to visit him out of state? Well, I... If she is the custodial parent, now again, any attorneys, anyone that is in the family court system that can advise this, but as far as I know, the custodial parent would need permission to move out of state. As long as they're in the state that, I, you know, they could move like, okay, we're in the state of New Jersey. So I could move from one end of the state of New Jersey to the very last possible place in New Jersey and nobody could say anything. The minute I cross that border, I would need permission from the non-custodial parent and the court or a really good reason why I would move. Now, I don't believe with the non-custodial parent, that that would be an issue. It's just a matter of visitation and seeing them, whether or not there could be an issue of him taking them out of yeah, state. That's, unless that's there what was, I mean. Yeah. Unless there was some agreement, um, because if it's a vindictive, non, uh, vindictive custodial parent, they could say that the child or children were kidnapped. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. So so would have to I would think if there's a t- maybe not with parents that are not, you know, that are co-parenting nicely that they would have to have that but for I would say for my own peace of mind if I was the non-custodial parent, I would want something in writing saying it was okay for me to take the children to my home. In an, you know, in yeah. the other state. No, and, and I, I get that. And I think, you know, him moving out of state, If even if he did want to marry Chastity, I, I think it might be more trouble than it's worth moving out of state because of the children. Well, it depends. For me, it would depend on how close you are to another state. Like, again, where we are to another state is not really a long distance. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, if they, you know, they're in Connecticut, if they move to New York, it might not be a big deal. But she wanted to move, like, down south. So that would be hours away. I like, again, I mean, I can move from where I am now to a different part of New Jersey and be at least three hours of what three hours away Mm -hmm. because of the way that the state is, you know, how big it is. There are some states that are very small, but there are some, Mm -hmm. some states that are very large. I know from where we are in New Jersey for us to go down south, it depends on what location, but I'll say from here to Florida is a good 15 hours. So if they were moving down south, 
remember, they're Connecticut, so they're higher. Mm-hmm. It'd be even longer. Uh, probably it, at least at least fifteen plus hours to depending on what and state that's they're just, moving you know, to. If they're driving, you know, even if they took a plane, it's still a few hours plane ride. And you know, most people don't want little ones. You know, you can have you know guardians take children on the plane, but you know, most people don't want their little ones going on a plane by themselves. Plus, you know, you're disrupting like their their schedules and stuff like that. And it's a whole that would be a whole big thing because most at least for me it would be yeah if you know because then it's like well do you have them for a week do you have them for two weeks do you have them for the summer i'm gonna miss them for the summer that's not gonna work for me yeah exactly I so it's you know be that again, long if, without he was, them. if he would have if they wanted to move to say new york it wouldn't be that big of a deal because they're in connecticut new york's right there right okay fine but um i like i I get why he was like, no, absolutely not. Like, I, I don't want to move. My children are here. Like, I'm not jeopardizing my relationship with them to move out of state with you because your family is uncomfortable with our relationship. It's not happening. Which I, I respect that. 100% well, yeah. I respect he, that. He, he takes his job as a dad very seriously. Exactly. He may not be the, the best husband or partner to somebody, but he very clearly is a good father. So, and I'm, I'm there, I, I don't think anyone could dispute that. So, she um she gets very angry over Arnold's refusal to marry her. And very resentful of his children and of Tammy, who, you know, she, according to court documents, viewed as, you know, op- an obstacle to the life that she envisioned for herself with Arnold's. This is not somebody that doesn't know he's married with children mm-hmm. when she started this whole mm-hmm. she was yeah she babysit the, she was those very children. fully aware of yep. what the situation was exactly this was not a surprise to her in any way but now all of a sudden because she wants to get married he's like i know i i have children that i need to take care of she's like what do you mean and it's like no and then she was also very angry that Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, about how much money Arnold was giving to Tammy for child support, which is none of her fucking business. No, more, more often than not, it is court mandated, depending on your income, Yeah, what type of child support you're giving. If you, I don't know, if you have a part-time job and you are making minimum wage, you're going to pay less than someone that has an established a, career as a banker. Right. Who's making, it, I would think, more money than than minimum wage. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I but know. it like I'm pretty confident in that statement yes. that if you have a position where you are making nice a nice salary, that you will pay more than someone who is making minimum wage. Yeah, absolutely. So either either way, even if they had agreed outside of the courts how much money he was going to give her toward child support, none of Chastity's business. No, if the it's court the mandated it, still none of her business. You know, it's his responsibility as a father to pay the child support. That's it. You have nothing to do with it, Chastity. Like, not your business. Even if you were married, still wouldn't be your business. Because no, they're I, not your children. And I know at least in one state that if 
one partner is married as opposed to the other partner. Mm-hmm. And they there's like, okay, there's a couple that has children. They split up. One partner gets married. The other custodial parent, say, doesn't get married. Well, now that there is a double income, they can the not the custodial parent can actually ask for more child support because it's a, a combined income now. They don't. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. They don't kind of separate that. Well, yeah, I, and I get that. Um, so in that in that regard, maybe it would be her business then, depending on what the laws are in Connecticut in regards to child support and all of that. But either way, they're not married at this point. She has nothing to do with where his money is going in terms of child support or really in general. Well, if he been. wanted to sit there and burn his paycheck, I mean, he has every right to do that. Exactly. She doesn't have a say in that. So, you know, either way, it's, as I said, he's a pretty shitty husband, pretty shitty partner, in my opinion. But it's very obvious he loves his children. He's not going to do anything that would affect his visitation or prevent him from seeing his children on a regular basis. Which, right. again, which is the whole I res- moving thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I res- that's a very respectful quality that he has, that he cares more about his children than this. Well, yeah, because they're little and they need... Exactly. It's not like they're in their 30s where, you know, he can up and kind of do whatever he wants because his children don't need him in that way anymore right and he doesn't i'm sure he doesn't want to miss any activities that they do whether it's milestones right he's only two he's got plenty of milestones going going to kindergarten and graduating kindergarten Mm -hmm. for you know um their first play or their first recital or their first uh sporting event or whatever all of these firsts that are Mm -hmm. still may still be even for his son, may still be coming up. Exactly. You know, and seven seven years old, you're in, like, second grade? Yeah, usually. Um, either you're, yeah, because you're he was, five, six in first grade. Yeah. Usually six. Maybe you possibly turn seven mm-hmm. in depends, first grade. Yeah, it depends on the cutoff and all of that. Right. But, so, but yeah, yeah, first, I, second grade, something like I that. I get that. So, according, again, to these records and... There's there's actually not a lot of information on this case. It, it took a lot of digging. The, the most sources I could find were the Hartford Current, the Journal Inquirer, and then these court documents. So according to these documents, sometimes that sometime that year in 98, Tammy goes to her church and she wants the elders to investigate her claims that Arnold's committed adultery. My assumption would be because she wants her marriage annulled. You know, I, I don't know how it is in all faiths, but... Correct me if I'm wrong, like in the Catholic Church, you can be granted an annulment or, you know, for those that don't know, like an erasure of the marriage, um, depending on certain circumstances. Like, don't you need a, a certain reasons? You can't just get an annulment kind of thing? Certain reasons, um, but it also, it would then also allow you to get married in, get a, church. Married in a church or a house of worship again. Because it once you're married, say, in a Catholic church, again, I'm speaking from, you know, uh, some knowledge here. I know in the Catholic faith that if you are married in the Catholic church, mm-hmm. that if you get divorced and you want to remarry, they will not allow you to be married again in the Catholic church. Because you are, like, you know, like, you got married already, it's a binding contract kind of thing. Right, and it's for life. So... Seeking an annulment would allow you to then, if that marriage is annulled, it would then allow you to marry in the Catholic Church, big ceremony. Yeah, because mass, again, it would be whole... like erasing the previous right. marriage. It never happened. Right. So this apparently really pissed Chastity off. I, I don't know why. Maybe because it was stirring things up again in her mind or something. I, I don't know. But she's, now we come to July 9th. Do, do I want to hear about July 9th? We don't want to hear about July 9th. We, we've decided. We're good right here. We, that That's it. We're good. She's annoyed. She's irritated. She's pissed off. Too bad as far as I'm concerned. This is what, you know, this is kind of what you created. Yeah. You signed up for this when you decided to sleep with your cousin's husband. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Too bad. Um, so we don't need to hear anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Because you're, you're triggering me just by the look that... 
if you didn't know, she's giving me these looks. That's triggering me for wait until I tell you the next part. And I think she's really trying for me to go off like a rocket and start stringing four-letter words together, which I really try very hard not to do. In case you guys couldn't tell, this is in fact your trigger warning. According to court records, on July 9th, 1998, Tammy, Lindsay, and Jarrell were sleeping in Tammy's bed on the first floor. Asleep in the crib in the room was Tammy's nephew, who she still has custody of. Now, Tammy wakes up in the middle of the night to noises in the home, so she gets up to investigate. As she approaches the front door, she sees two people in blue coveralls wearing stocking masks. So Tammy tries to run. And she's tackled by one of them, and she's pinned to the floor. Now, this intruder was male, covered her mouth and told her to be quiet. And no one would get hurt. And that's how, you know, we know that this intruder was male, you know, male voice kind of thing. The second one went to the second floor and came back down shortly after and went into Tammy's room. According to court documents, quote, shortly thereafter, Tammy heard Lindsay whimpering and Jarrell asked, what are you doing? Tammy struggled and managed to pull off the attacker's glove and wristwatch and beg for them to not hurt her children. Now, the attacker holding her down when they heard this yelled that they were leaving and ran shortly after the second intruder left as well. So the first intruder, when she said, you know, please don't hurt my children, he's like, whoa, 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 what do you mean children? Like, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Like, I didn't sign up for this kind of thing. And very soon after, the other one left as well. So again, this is this is your um, this is your trigger warning. Um, I'm going to I'm going to read just directly from the court document, quote, a scene of unimaginable horror awaited Tammy in her bedroom. Lindsay was standing just inside the door with blood pouring from a wound above her wrist. Tammy picked her up and ran upstairs to get a towel for the bleeding. Upon returning to the bedroom, Tammy called to Jarrell, who at first appeared to be sleeping. When he did not respond, Tammy reached for him, turned him over you really don't have to go any further than that. Because I already want to scream that this young, this little one is hurt. And I already know what you're going to tell me about Jarrell. I don't want to hear it. Um, she observed a deep gash in his neck. Tammy then dialed 911 and pleaded with the operator to send help, explaining that two men had broken into her house and had attacked her children. Tammy told the operator that she feared that her son was dead and that they um, had almost cut his head off. The first ambulance arrived at the scene at 2.39 a.m. and transported Jarrell to Hartford Hospital, where he was pronounced dead at 2.58 a.m., in addition to the laceration on his neck, Jarrell also had lacerations on his left and right forearms immediately above his wrists. Uh, wrists. Tammy's infant nephew was not harmed. So a maggot, two maggots, go into her home and attack her children, her babies, tiny little, little babies. Okay, we're, we're talking special kind of maggot, bullet train straight to hell. I'll be more than happy to drive them there myself. During the investigation, in addition to the watch and glove that Tammy had managed to pull off of the attacker holding her down, police also found a two-liter bottle filled with gasoline with a wrapper in the opening on Tammy's nightstand, which would, which I would assume would be some sort of like a Molotov cocktail. Now, they also get some fingerprints, but they're not really usable because they were wearing gloves um there was a fingerprint on the door jam in the upstairs bedroom and there was a fingerprint or a palm print in the living room but again they were wearing gloves police actually interviewed chastity the following day and she tells the police that she was with arnold at his home in bristol and she had returned to her home at 1 a.m she said she went from his apartment straight home didn't stop anywhere, didn't collect $200 the whole night. Okay, well, I'm calling shenanigans on that story, but go ahead. On July 16th, and Alexis Grajales, who is the boyfriend of Indy O'Reilly, their cousin, goes to the police station because they have questions for him. And I'm going to be totally honest, I'm not 100% sure how they found him, but, you know, they do and they want to talk to him. 
So they asked him what he was doing on July 8th and July 9th, and he told them that at around 1.45 a.m., he was driving to East Hartford from Windsor when he was flagged down by a man whose car was out of gas. He said he went to the gas station to get gas for the man, and that's when he ran He ran into Chastity. He said he filled an empty bottle with gas for the man, and Chastity gave him a cookie wrapper to put in the bottle to keep the gas from spilling out. Alexis then told police when he got back to the man with the gasoline, he sold the man his Casio watch for $150. What what ridiculous story is this that he's telling? Because I don't believe it. Well, after hearing that, the police were like, I I don't believe this. So now we want to talk to Chastity again, especially because remember, she said she went straight home after being at Arnold's house. You didn't stop anywhere. But Alexis is saying you were at the gas station. Well, maybe she just conveniently forgot that. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Well, they talked to her again on July 17th. Now, during her interview with police, she's very evasive. Her answers keep changing. So finally, Detective Mark Francis, in my opinion, is over her not being straight with them. So he shows her pictures from Jarrell's autopsy. Quote, he said he did not believe that she was telling the truth. He also stated that it was time for her to do so. He then asked her who killed Jarrell, and she replied, I did. She then placed her face in her hands and started saying, what have I done? Crocodile tears. Yeah. Of course, after being read her Miranda rights and signing the document stating she understood those Miranda rights, she immediately recanted her confession and asked for a lawyer. Too little too late? Well, they hadn't read her her Miranda rights, and she didn't have a lawyer present when she confessed. So... Now they have to piece the whole thing together. On July 23rd, according to court records, her car was searched and blood was found on the windshield wiper lever. So they removed it and sent it for analysis where the blood sample came back positive for Jarrell Kyler. On July 28th, she was charged and arraigned, according to the New York Times, on charges of capital felony murder, first-degree assault, and first-degree burglary. Her bond was set at $5 million. On July 27th... Why would they even, like, hello? How about remand? I... How about that? I I don't know. I don't know, but set at $5 million. She didn't get out of jail. <laughs> On July 27th, police arrest Alexis Grijales and charge him with felony murder, burglary, and kidnapping. He was held on $2.5 million bond, and he took a plea deal. If he pled guilty and testified against chastity, the death penalty would be off the table because felony murder in Connecticut carried the death penalty. They go to trial on September 2nd. Now, during the trial, defense attorneys tried to argue that chastity loved her cousins very much. She would never hurt them. They also tried to argue that chastity would not, could not have been at Tammy's home in Windsor. Her family testified that she was with them. They She had gone out to get food and was back by 3 a.m. So she could not have been at Tammy's home. I mean, they lied on the stand. Let's be real. I don't know why anyone got away with that. I would think that would be perjury. But hey, what do I know? I'm still thinking perjury. Prosecution argued that Chastity orchestrated this whole thing and her motive was she wanted to kill the children so that Arnold would no longer have a reason to not marry her and move out of state. Ding, ding, ding. That's the one I'm going with. Yeah. From court records, we can piece together what happened that night, as well as what happened in the weeks leading up to the murder of seven-year-old Jarrell. Sometime in April or May, again, according to court documents, Chastity gets talking to her cousin India's boyfriend, 18-year-old Alexis Grijales. She allegedly initiated contact to tell him about a job opening at the University of Connecticut Health Center, which is who deals with the program that Chastity works for for the Department of Corrections. During that conversation, Chastity asks Alexis if he knows anyone that is experienced in or has or has knowledge of explosives, which he did not. Following this conversation over the next few weeks, they spoke multiple times and she asked him if he knew where she could get a gun or if he knew anyone that would commit murder for hire. According to Alexis, Chastity said that Tammy had terrorized her for years and something needed to be done about her. According to those documents, quote, she also told him, however, that although she wanted to deal with Tammy in some way, she did not want to kill her because in that event, she would have to take care of Tammy's children. 
According to the Hartford Current, Chastity claimed it was Alexis's idea to break into Tammy's home because he had experience in burglarizing homes and getting in and out undetected. Allegedly, she solicited Alexis's involvement in the, at the end of May of 1998. He said, quote, his understanding was that it was going to be some vandalism to scare Tammy, nothing else, just mess up the house. And Chastity offered him money to be involved, which was, I think, approximately $4,000. Depending on the source you read, it was $3,400, it was $3,000, it was $4,000, something to that effect. It was a few grand. On June 7th, they went to the store and bought two pairs of blue coveralls. On June 11th, Chastity went to her grandmother's home with Amber, her cousin, and her grandmother was babysitting Jarrell and Lindsay. And while they were there, Chastity stole Tammy's house key from Lindsay's diaper bag to make a copy of it. On July 6th, Chastity withdraws $4,000, again, maybe, from her savings account. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Now, they were allegedly going to go to Tammy's home and vandalize it during Amber's graduation party because Tammy would not be home. She'd be at the party. And Chastity was refusing to go to the party because she was banned from bringing Arnold, which is according to the Hartford Current. Instead, according to court documents... You know, it it didn't happen. She was with Arnold. She said, look, we're not doing it tonight. I'm with Arnold. Sorry, can't do it. Instead, they were supposed to go on July 7th. But again, she changed her mind. She was with Arnold again. It wasn't happening. She then allegedly tells Alexis to pick up a rug cutter with a button that lets the blade adjust, which he did go out and buy. On the 8th, she called again and said they would move forward with the plan that evening. Chastity told him to not forget the coveralls, the box cutter, and a flashlight, and she also asked him to bring an empty soda bottle. She told Alexis the children would not be home that night. They would be with their grandmother. Chastity met Alexis at a shopping center in Windsor that night. They then drove in two separate cars to Marty's Mobile Gas Station on Blue Hills Avenue in Bloomfield, which is the closest gas station to Tammy's home. According to the Hartford Current, she paid for about $5 worth of gasoline, which was put in the soda bottle that Grahalis had brought with him. They used a cookie wrapper to keep the gasoline from spilling out because the bottle didn't have a cap. Now, this was shortly before 2 a.m., according to surveillance. Then they headed to Tammy's home. And it was pretty clear, according to sources during his testimony, that he did, Alexis genuinely did not know the children would be home and that he was under the impression that they were just going to freak out Tammy, trash the house. You know, it. that's all it was supposed to be, according to Alexis. And everyone kind of believed him. Ultimately, at least based on what I've read, it seems as if Alexis's testimony is what really sealed the deal for Chastity. And she tried, as I said, to talk about how much she loved the children and how Tammy was abusive towards Arnold. But Arnold got on the stand and said, no, that's not true. He was also asked if he loved Chastity. And he said, no, I don't. It, we have a sexual relationship and that's about it. That's all it's been for the last few years. On July of 2001, the jury comes back with their verdict after nine days of deliberation. It took them nine days? Well, there were a lot of charges. Take me a hot second, but go ahead. On all eight charges, which were first-degree burglary, felony murder, murder, capital felony, two separate charges of risk of injury to a child, criminal attempt to commit murder, and first-degree assault, the jury found her guilty. Now, the charge of murder and cap- uh, capital felony both carry the death penalty as possible sentence as a possible sentence in the state of Connecticut. Now, because of this, this put her at risk of being the first female to be executed in Connecticut since 1786. According to different sources, the verdict did not seem to bring closure for Jarrell's mother either. Tammy said, quote, this will be over when I have my son back, which... Yep. I agree with her. 100%. That's fair. Now, in August, after the verdict at sentencing, according to the Hartford Current, Associate State Medical Examiner 
Arkady Katznelson went on the stand to speak about his findings. Now, during the trial, it was established that Chastity had attempted to strangle Jarrell with a telephone cord first before attacking him with the box cutter. Katznelson said, quote, it means he was gasping for air. He would have extensive pain. He would be extremely scared because of these injuries. He also stated that the ligature bruising was not severe enough to cause death or make Jarrell lose conscience- consciousness. He also said that Jarrell had swallowed blood, which proved he was alive when Chastity used the box cutter. Ultimately, after five hours of deliberation, Chastity West was not sentenced to death. According to the Hartford Current, the, quote, the jury accepted the lesser of two aggravating factors that the state had argued. Although accepting that Lindsay was placed at grave risk of death, the jurors found that the state had failed to prove the execution, the execution benchmark of especially cruel heinous and depraved by showing that Jarrell suffered an unnecessarily prolonged and agonizing death. The jurors did not say which of 29 mitigating factors they had accepted. So apparently the prosecution didn't prove especially cruel, heinous, and depraved. How is that? I I don't know how they didn't prove it when literally the medical examiner said, yes, he suffered. He's a seven-year-old baby. I I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it but they did not sentence her to death. She was sentenced instead to life in prison without the possibility of parole plus 70 years. Now, Karen Armstrong Goodwin, who is Jarrell's grandmother and Chastity's aunt, said, we're satisfied. Nothing is going to bring Jarrell back. At least we know that she, Chastity, is in a place where she can never hurt another little child. And according to Faye Weatherington, who is an aunt of uh, Tammy and Chastity's, it's the lack of compassion and humanity that she said she sees from Chastity's family. She said, quote, the jury showed mercy on her, but she didn't have mercy on Jarrell. And I will say Chastity's family just absolutely lost their minds when she was found guilty. It was like the... Tammy and her family and Arnold on one side of the courthouse and the West on the other. And it was like she was found guilty and it was like the West are talking shit and she didn't do anything. And this is your fault. And bah, bah, bah. Like it was it was one, totally inappropriate Two, just absolute chaos, chaos. Three, at the end of the day, regardless of whether or not you think she's guilty or you think she's innocent, she at very minimum, whether you think she was the one to kill Jarrell or not, clearly is the reason he is dead. Because she orchestrated this whole thing. Like, that is what she did. So the West's out of their mind. But whatever. For his part, Alexis Grahalis was sentenced to six years in prison in December of 2001. Now, the jury and presiding judge and Tammy Kyler all believed that he truly didn't know that the children were there based on his reaction when Tammy pled for their lives and made evident by the fact that he returned the money that Chastity had given him for his involvement. He's like, you can have this back. Like, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I wanted to be involved in. Like, you told me those kids were not going to be there. No kids were supposed to get hurt. And Tammy actually forgave him at his sentencing. And she said it was due to him that her daughter was alive because of his objections, you know, at at the home. You know, because of his objections, Chastity left before killing Lindsay. His defense attorney attorney said said at her statement, quote, it was extremely emotional and touching. Even the court staff were in tears. I can't fathom how someone can be that beautiful inside, that forgiving. She's a special lady. Mm Mm-hmm. So Alexis did get out of jail. He served a couple of years. He got out of jail. Um, he's kind of living his life. I, I searched him up. He's, I, I believe he does real estate. Um, but again, I, I do believe that he, you know, he was wrong for being involved, but I think he, he's like, yeah, we're going to break in. Like I'll trash the house. Maybe I'll steal a couple of things. Like he, I, I think he went into this, you know, he was 18 years old. He was going to make four grand, you know, like, all right, I'll break into someone's house and trash it. You said that this is a terrible woman. Sure, I'll help you out. Like, I, I genuinely think it was just a stupid decision on an 18 year old's part. I, I really don't think that he had any intention. Like, if he had known what her true intentions were, I don't think he would have been involved at all. No, probably not. And obviously, if the 
the mom of this baby mm-hmm. can forgive him. Yeah. Then I, who is anybody to judge? Exactly. And again, I I think that it was just, um, I think it was an 18-year-old just making a really dumb decision to make, you know, some money. Um, and he did not realize the gravity of what would happen. Um, which obviously no one would have, you know. No. you. I, I don't think, I think he made a stupid decision. I don't think he, you know necessarily like a bad person you know well, he didn't go in there with murderous intent no. unlike the maggot mm-hmm. who absolutely positively without a shadow of a doubt did apparently you know chastity's obviously still in jail she's never getting out um her family i think have tried multiple times to try and get some sort of appeal or whatever it's not worked she's never getting out but uh apparently she's leading a pretty quiet prison life, you know, just kind of. Well, because I'm sure that there are other prisoners in there. First of all, I know that most prisoners are in the same vein that I am. You don't touch the babies. You just don't do that. And they take that very, very seriously when you do. So she, I would think... I'm sure she's in a women's correction facility, yes, she's in a women's correction but facility. a lot of these women have children. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm thinking she's probably looking over her shoulder oh and why God. is she living a very quiet little existence mm-hmm. in prison? Because if she, I'm pretty sure I would think that if she steps one toe out of line, that there is going to be, um, repercussions for that action. Tammy went on to, you know, obviously Tammy and Arnold and Lindsay, you know, moved on to the best of their abilities. Um, Tammy, you know, continued on as a social worker, you know, which I give her so much credit for that. That's, that's, well, she's, that's a, really she's a special shot. kind she of lady. Is. Um, you know, Arnold is, um, I, I don't know if they still are, but, you know, Arnold would, you know, continue on as a banker Lindsay would be about 27 or almost 27 um she's 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 almost 27 she's a few months younger than i am um she's born in july of 95 um and she you know she she had surgery um because of her injuries but she recovered fine um and she's living her life you know, the the best that I'm sure that she can, you know, after this, you know, she was very young. Very yeah, I was, I was going to say in one regard, thankfully she was so young. I'm sure a lot of it she doesn't remember, which is probably a blessing in disguise because she was so young. Um, so hopefully there was no true lasting. Imp- Obviously there's a lasting impact. She doesn't have her brother anymore, but, but you know, hopefully she, she doesn't remember all the details to kind of spare her from that trauma. But yeah, this is this is a case that not a lot of people cover. Because it's one of those horrific, horrific cases that I was better off not knowing about. Yeah. So that was that was the murder of Jarrell Kyler. Next week I have I if you guys saw on the Instagram, I had a little sneak peek um of next week's case, recovering the unicorn killer. Don't hurt the unicorn. Which seems like an oxymoron. Don't it's not, it just seems like one. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cover the unicorn killer. Um, it's a hippy dippy dude. Awesome. <laughs> so, anyway, I traumatized you guys enough for one day. Yes, yes. Thank you. So I'm gonna gonna just leave it with I I hope you guys have a good week for our friends celebrating Orthodox Easter tomorrow. Happy Easter. And I, I don't believe Ramadan has ended yet. So if you guys are still celebrating Ramadan, you know, we, we hope you're having a good season. Season. I'm not sure what the proper wording is for that. So I apologize if I'm wording that incorrectly. But, you know, obviously all with good intentions. So we will see you guys next week. Have a lovely rest of your week. Maybe it won't be such a horrific rabbit hole she takes us down next time but we do thank you all very much for listening to our little podcast and it means the world to us yep share with your friends so thank you thank you thank you we'll see you next time bye guys 
Thank you so much for listening to this chapter of the Book of the Dead. As always, check the source notes for resources used in this chapter. And don't forget that you could follow us on Instagram at Book of the Dead Pod or shoot us an email with a case suggestion at Book of the Dead Pod at gmail.com. We just hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. We will be back next week with another chapter of the Book of the Dead. And always remember to stay curious, stay safe, and stay vigilant. Bye, guys. Bye.